Hello, and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is the Notebook Dump Edition. Congratulations on making it through another week. In fact, happy Memorial Day if you, uh, for those of you who celebrate in the United States, and happy whatever your holiday is in the UK, because <laughs> I think there's a, a bank holiday on Monday. So. Constantly celebrating banks over there. I know. <laughs> no. Go banks. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite money. joke. I, I hope you know, no one I'm already, I I, we, we're like three and a half seconds into the podcast and I'm already getting correction let, uh, emails. We're <laughs> so doing well, something right. It's not really about banks. Uh, <laughs> that dumb American Actually. woman said, uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. go on. Oh no, it's all right. We're, uh, we'll, all we'll lady get it. of banks. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. I don't know what it was or why it's funny, but here I am laughing like an idiot. Okay. Uh, again, more letters. Um, joining the podcast today, I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading for now. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens after this thing drops. Uh, we have Nicole Ferraro in New York. We have uh, Kelsey Zeiser in North or maybe South Carolina these days. Who knows? It's North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, Barely. She's doing her character voices. Which character? Who knows? Sean Connery. Uh, you don't even, you, 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 what do you care? You celebrate banks. Um, and I then we have uh, Mike Dano in, uh, in, in or near, near about uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, uh, thanks for, for joining everyone. Um, if we can just make it through this podcast. We'll I'm okay. going to go on no. mute now. <laughs> Bye, Sean. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. All right. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Should have canceled this one. Let's be honest. Terribly yeah, sorry. yeah, uh, yeah. We're this is we messed this is up. Fine. We're we're okay. all good. We're we're this is exactly what uh, people want to be listening to is uh, <laughs> us talking over each other, trying to figure yeah. out what voice was done five minutes ago that we didn't reference at all, and <laughs> now we're pre pressing on. Hey, you know what? Uh, last week we uh, we came back from the big five G event in Austin, and uh, it was a uh, relatively. Uh, uh, I would say a, a, an impressive event because uh, there were so many other events going on in the industry that we had a really good turnout and surprisingly so. And also it was impressive that the weather, uh, we did not get the full fury of Texas heat like we did uh, last year. We actually had some very pleasant weather, uh, some lovely uh, mornings and late evenings uh, there in the city of Austin. And, um, you just had to, you know, kind of know which streets to go down because that was that was quite an issue. Um, but uh, 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 to relive bits and pieces of the event, uh, we have more than 25 interviews, articles, and podcasts posted on lightreading.com. You can find them all by going to lightreading.com slash big5gevent. So lightreading.com slash big5gevent. Uh, we've got a few more pieces that are still to come. Uh, we'll get some, uh, we're, we're still getting things edited and processed and stuff like that. And of course we have uh, a few more, uh, a few of those videos we'll put on the podcast feed as well. But, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of coverage there, a whole lot of interviews on uh, what's working and what's not in 5G and where things are going from here. So please do check it out. And let's go around the horn and find out uh, what is in everybody's notebook this week. Uh, Nicole, let's start with you. Sure thing. Um, so actually, uh, today on background, uh, senior FCC official talked a little bit about the state of the uh, the new version of the broadband map, which is coming out on 
May 30th next week. I think that's Tuesday. Um, so just uh, we'll we'll be looking forward to that. But um, what we know right now is that version two of the map will have one million more broadband serviceable locations, and that's a net increase. Um, it accounts for uh, two million locations added and uh, three million removed uh, than the last mm -hmm. version of the map. So unclear uh, if that's going to make people happy or sad, but overall there's going to be 114 million total broadband serviceable locations nationally on that map. Um, and, uh, you know, relatedly, uh, NTIA chief Alan Davidson told Congress this week that the NTIA is still on track to make bead allocations using that map on June 30th. Um, so basically over the next month, we're going to get a sense of if the new version of the FCC map satisfies the stakeholders and legislators that are worried that it won't be good enough for bead allocations on June 30th or if they still push the NTIA to delay the date. But um, Alan Davidson essentially has said that, yes, we want the best maps possible, but we need to get this funding out. So I don't expect them to delay further. And there is going to be a bit more of an opportunity, it seems, in the state challenge process after the beat allocations are made to use their own data to push back on on their mapping uh, allocations based on the FCC map, but there are some in the industry who don't want the states to use that data. So we will see how the uh, the final rules on that shake out. But uh, we're now getting into uh, the next stage of things here as, as it goes w uh, with regards to the map and bead. The map is improving. Uh, we're getting a clearer picture of where money might be going, but we're st there's still a lot of drama to happen in between. So, uh, so much. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, and calling me right calling now. Right now. To, <laughs> is that London calling? That's calling. to find out what's uh, going on. Uh, imagine that a re reporter forgets to turn off their phone. That never happens. Um, but uh, yeah, if you need background on what the broadband map is, entirely and uh, where it came from and where it's going. Uh, we do have a video that we'll link to in the show notes that has all of that uh, uh, concise reporting distilled down to a six minute video. But um, yeah, that, I guess that's, I guess that's really the, the point is we have to sort of wait and see what the next, uh, you know, who opposes uh, or who, who pushes back on allocation, you know, on their state's allocations and, you know, how, how, uh, how much this stuff gets tangled up in the courts before we see before we actually see the the dollars getting deployed in a way that helps uh, people who are unconnected. Exactly. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, what uh, Senator Jackie Rosen says of ne Nevada. Um, oh, Nevada. Yeah, I said it right this time. Because um, uh, she was one of two senators to introduce a bill to try to delay the NTIA allocations by seven months because Nevada has particularly concerned about their their data on the FCC map. So we will see how the state reacts to uh, the latest version. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, you were uh, doing a lot of interviews at the uh, Big 5G event, and you also hosted the uh, Women in Comms track uh, on the Monday of the event. Uh, yeah, what, it was busy, uh, busy. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what were some of your, uh, your takeaways from, from all that you experienced? Uh, one of the big ones uh, was a lot of discussion about generative AI, which is probably not surprising, but um, I spoke with uh, Debika Bhattacharya. Um, she's with Verizon. She's the CPO for Verizon Business and also Roz Rosebro and Jennifer Clark with Omdia. And they were all talking about generative AI for the customer experience and 
um, how you know service providers can use it to improve customer support. Um, so that seemed like a very tangible place to start uh, for service providers in using generative AI and, and something that would definitely be beneficial um, for customers. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I think chat GPT really stirred things up. Oh yeah, definitely. For the industry. Yeah, uh, good good example because it's uh, it can be ring fenced somewhat. You know, you just have a, a small number of things comparatively that you're asking generative AI to help with or to infer. Uh, you know, so it's basically just like search plus one one more step, but also risky because you know you're dealing with customer data and you know you're dealing with customers who are going to volunteer information and are you keeping that part of the conversation secure? Or are you able to keep the chat bot from telling other customers right. <laughs> you know, about that data or misusing it in some way that, that, that part I'm not exactly clear on, but you know, I do, I do, uh, agree that, that, that there's a lot of, uh, I, I heard about a lot of effort in the industry being expended toward, um, uh, cutting down the time that, uh, customers are sort of waiting on answers or, uh, or sitting on hold or, you know, queuing up to sort of get things done, you know, with relation to their account, their technical details or setting, or even just setting up broadband and doing simple stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think one other thing, not on the generative AI, but on, um, private networks that came up that was pretty interesting with Jennifer Clark is she spoke with, um, John Deere and I was thinking that they would be using it for, uh, you know, like IoT and sensors for their agricultural equipment, tractors, things like that. But she said they're really using it in the manufacturing plant, uh, which also makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think they've had a lot of success with it and have found that um, they're really seeing the ROI from transitioning to private networks versus uh, Wi-Fi and, and what they had set up in the past. So John Deere is definitely very... Um, I think they're pretty quick moving in comparison to maybe some other enterprises or even service providers in terms of um, implementing private 5G networks. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they've been um, pretty far ahead of the game in terms of uh, embracing AI and IoT uh, at, at, on an industrial scale, I guess. And and because of the nature of their business, uh, that that makes sense because they're dealing with um, large complicated machinery that needs to be monitored remotely and they need answers on the data that they're harvesting as soon as they possibly can because of the, uh, very limited, uh, windows that farmers have in their, uh, uh, uh whatever cycle. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think it was, weren't we talking about on the, was it the notebook dump about, you, know, you mentioned yeah. there's like 10 days um, that are yeah. critical for each season for farmers. So having that technology is really important um, to make sure that they get the most from their harvest. Yeah. And I can, I can see that, that just that um, attempting to solve that problem has led them to uh, kind of push into technology areas that maybe um, other companies don't have the urgency that they do. Um, you know, they see, they seem to be really adventurous in it. They seem to be hiring a ton of software engineers. Um, you know, they have, a, they have a, a completely different makeup than you would expect for a company that produces high, you know, high scale industrial equipment. So it's, 
it's uh yeah it's one to watch for sure because they're taking it seriously and, and it's obviously um helping in their business because they've uh, th- this is you know maybe the third or fourth year i can remember of them not just being present at a show like this but having a case study having a point of view uh, having recommendations for the carriers, you know, they're very vocal about their role in this. And I think that's helpful as well. It'd be, I would actually love to hear from more companies in the, in not just in the agricultural space, but just in general, um, discuss as openly as John Deere does what they're using and why, because it, it does sort of help us understand, um, the potential for things like private 5g and, and, and generative AI as well. Yeah, uh, let's sure. see. Let's let's uh let's keep it moving here, Mike. Uh, you're you're about to go on sweet sweet vacation, but before you do, uh, what's uh what what sorts of things are you working on, or what's what are you still uh finishing up before before you head off? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh lots of stuff going on, but you're right. I'm 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 halfway out the door, but uh, luckily, dish. Uh, Dish, as Dish usually does, Dish uh, presented us with a present uh, this week in a, in yet another rumor about Dish and Amazon. Um, so <clears throat> I had a look at that uh, a little bit today, and um, basically, it's a Wall Street Journal story uh, citing anonymous sources that says that uh, Amazon might start selling Dish uh, wireless services through the Amazon retail operation is, is the story that might happen by June. Um, so, you know, that's vaguely interesting and, uh, something to, to mull as I head out the door to vacation. But, um, I mean, the real thing is that, uh, so this, I actually looked back at the archives and this is, we are, we have entered the seventh year of rumors about a partnership between dish and Amazon. The first batch was about Dish, or sorry, Amazon using Dish uh, IoT network, and then there was a lot of rumors about Amazon using Dish private wireless. And here we have another batch of rumors about Amazon selling Dish, you know, in the Amazon website. So this is really nothing new. Uh, I think the and and you know the 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 takeaway here is that Dish stock uh, skyrocketed today as a result of these rumors, and so. I think um, that that might be what what really is going on here is the uh, dish dish stock need a little bit of a boot. somebody looking for a catalyst in dish and boy how uh, how sad is your life if you're looking for a catatalyst in dish <laughs> knowing all that we know yeah, <laughs> and you're still juicing uh, the stock for some reason so and the real thing I mean but you know my kind of takeaway is that uh, so dish and, and Amazon are already partnered I mean dish is running a good chunk of its network through the Amazon cloud um, but you know Amazon sells a lot of stuff in fact they're selling private wireless uh, but they're selling T-mobile's private wireless they're not even selling yeah. dish private wireless they're selling the T in the US they're selling T-mobile spectrum for private wireless so you know, and and uh, Amazon has never been a real big player in terms of selling phones. They they gave it a couple of tries. If you remember the Amazon Fire Phone from several years ago, that that didn't go anywhere. Didn't was not a success at all. So, you know, uh, Amazon has a mixed track record when it comes to this stuff. So even if Amazon does start selling Dish services, that that doesn't necessarily mean that it would be successful in doing so. So. You know, dish uh, dish still has a lot of obstacles in front of it. This this might help, but it also might not. Amazon also, I think they would be more inclined to do exactly what the carriers have done on the cloud front, which is partner with everyone, and then pick 
like you were sort of alluding to picking the service that most suits their needs to be the thing that they resell, you know, so that they have like a, a complete portfolio, but it doesn't necessarily have to come from one company. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that, that makes complete sense. Cause it's like, if you're going to Amazon for, uh, for cloud computing and a number of other add-on services, why not, you know, why not add communication services? Why not, you know, they can help out with enterprise desktop stuff. You know, there's all kinds of, uh, uh, managed services that they provide enterprises. So it certainly, uh, uh, it certainly tracks. Um, but yeah, yeah. Really- yeah, I mean, I think the implementation is the key thing here, right? Like if if yeah. there is a big partnership between Dish and Amazon, does Amazon put it into Amazon Prime? Does it put it on the homepage? Or does yeah. it just sell it, you know, in the vast Amazon store somewhere that you have to go digging for? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it, a lot of, I think the details matter in this kind of situation. Yeah, absolutely. And and also the 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 device matters. I mean, like you were saying about the Fire device, I'd completely forgotten that they used to have a well, I guess they still do have a mobile phone or a, Yeah, they um, did. They discontinued it. But yeah, it was, oh, okay. it was, it was yeah. the Amazon built phone with Amazon software. Right. And uh, was not successful at all. Yeah. And I, I, you know, so it's like, that's, that's going to be a thing too, is like what, what deals, what really motivates uh, ho- or hooks a consumer into, uh, you know, a wireless service. And I think we've seen in the past, it definitely, the device definitely leads the service. It's not the network. People don't really care about the network. They assume every network works or operates basically the same. So yeah, I do think that'll be challenging for Amazon is to figure out what's the right uh, package of things it can put together to make, to entice consumers. Yeah. If they put it in with prime, that'd be really interesting. You That'd know? be very interesting. That would be or a maybe whole they offer thing. prime cons- prime customers some uh, some tier of service that's not available anywhere else. Maybe that's right. a way to do it, right? Because um, I mean, T-Mobile's already doing all kinds of uh, you know, and some of the carriers are doing you know discounting and bundling of various things. Yeah. Um, it's, In fact, you can get Amazon Prime membership if you subscribe to a T-Mobile plan. So, like, right. yeah, you, the, again, the details matter. If there's a significant, yeah. you know, discount or some sort of consumer benefit, but what I suspect is, you know, it would just be put inside of the Amazon store somewhere. And, you know, that's, that's fine, but you know, it's, anybody it's could not, do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not, that's not a revolutionary, uh, or even evolutionary step forward. I wonder, sometimes I wonder how closely people look at the bundles like that, or are, are they just, um, you know, putting a preference on convenience or are they really looking at the price difference? Cause I was looking at my Verizon plan and thinking about, cause th- they could bundle in like Hulu and Disney plus or something like that. And, but it was actually cheaper for me to get those separately if I stayed with my current plan. So yep. I'm curious how many people like go in and, and kind of calculate that. Yeah, there's been, I've actually heard of a, a number of different sources of research on that. Like do customers want, you know, Disney plus with their phone service? Like, is that something that they care about? There's some research that indicates that yes, those kinds of bundles are, are attractive, but, but um, there's other research that says absolutely not, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 is, that doesn't help the sale of things. And I think, the new Verizon plans that were introduced uh, earlier this month are, are, are relatively instructive because they're putting the service first and then you can add on different things as you want, but it's not 
it's like the bundle this they're separating the bundles out a little bit they're not mm-hmm. bundling everything together anymore they're sort of breaking it all up into these different things that they can charge for and so i i think that means that they didn't see they weren't seeing the huge benefit from bundling that they had hoped for yeah that makes and, sense and, yeah and even you know stuff like at&t used to bundle hbo does not do that anymore um, you know, from the sale of the Warner, Warner media. So, you know, I think that, um, I'm sure that they don't mind bundles if they can get a good price on it, but it does not seem to be driving a huge amount of demand from, from my okay. perspective. Interesting. Yeah. I really like the, um, fire TV or fire stick approach. Cause I can easily add and subtract channels. Maybe I just want, I'm interested in a show. Um, and then once I finished it, I want to turn it off, but I've turned things off and on so many times. <laughs> based on what's coming out and they certainly make it easy, which is probably not exactly what the, um, you know, maybe those channels want, but. <laughs> well, but it's reach. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's, it gets in front of you. That's the the thing. I, Cause I, I do, uh, I, I think Amazon does have that uh, set up well inside of prime is that the video thing could add, you can kind of just build your own cable bundle inside of prime. Mm-hmm. And that, that does help. Uh, you know, you just keep adding on services and it charges you and stuff like that. You can do that with other streaming services too, but it's quite a bit more um, labor intensive, <laughs> you know, to to do that. Usually a PC is involved and, and an afternoon of reading fine print. But um, <laughs> I, I also My think, the, you know, bundling things is challenging for, for all companies because uh, auto pay and the banking stuff this you know makes it so that getting it in one bill doesn't really provide that much of a convenience it doesn't provide any difference at all really if you're doing all your bills digitally and they're auto drafting out of your account you don't really care if there's five things on a bill or or a hundred things on a bill it's all it's all the same to you so i i i wonder if that's kind of factoring into this uh um you know, that they sort of seem to be throwing darts. <laughs> so right. I, I wonder if that's, that's weighing heavily here. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, Nicole, you were about to say something. I was just going to say, this is all very consumer unfriendly. Uh, yeah. The way we consume media now. I'm just speaking up for the consumers. Okay. We're I totally agree. It, yeah. would, <laughs> it would be much, much easier, uh, if if things were more cable like, but yeah, not, not but, with the ugh. charging of cable. Now it's worse. Yeah, it's just yeah. Worse. I feel like now we're paying more because there's so many different streaming services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it depends That's on the day. Yeah. I'm I'm scared to add up like what right. we're paying monthly. <laughs> Probably should yeah. do that. But. Maybe spend the weekend doing that. Does anybody have great Memorial Day weekend plans? Is that the uh, uh, yeah? Not doing that. Not counting your <laughs> streaming services. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to make sure I don't do that. <laughs> Find out what I'm really paying for television. Be... <laughs> I don't know. It's so poor. Yeah, no. It's uh, it's it's time to start doing things like cooking outside and and uh, and you know not not wearing uh, uh dress shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to be outside. That's my main goal. Oh, yeah, we need good. to clean our grill so we can do that outdoor cooking stuff. There you go. Yeah, put something yeah. out there. My neighbors, they found like hornet's nests in their grill cover, mm. and then they got rid of that, and then some birds moved in. <laughs> oh, God. What the hell? I would yeah. suggest your neighbors maybe... Uh, maybe <laughs> Get rid of the grill. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, then then he told me they haven't actually used that grill since before their 12 year old was born. So 
I think it's really just uh, taken over by nature at this point. I see. Yeah. It's going back to going back to nature. Um, well, uh, it, now that yeah. story has been broadcast here now live that, yeah. on the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry, right. Neighbor. From a North Carolina suburb to the entire yeah. telecom industry. Now our listener, singular, <laughs> who's still still tuned in, will uh, will yeah. appreciate that story and will tell someone. So Tuning in from Rocky Mountain. <laughs> could be as many as three people know about it by the time we're done. Um, wow. All right. Mike, I what hope- are you doing? Are you packing up, getting ready for... Argentina? Yeah, yeah. Packing up. We weren't supposed to tell them where he's going. Uh, oh, shoot. It's going to follow him. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm packing my money belt and my sunscreen and uh, you my, nerd. my my Spanish to, Spanish to English dictionary. Uh, yeah. All that stuff. Great. Well, uh, my washable uh, underwear and socks. <laughs> Mike will be like, don't I style this a This is a playa. really good time to end <laughs> the right. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank uh, you for watching. <laughs> whatever you're doing on your bank holiday, hooray banks or what Memorial banks? Day. I hope yeah. you're uh, Thanks hope you're for everything. safe, healthy, well, and in a relaxed state of mind. Uh, everyone, uh, no. please uh, join us again next week uh, when we uh, go back. In through, back through our notebooks uh, here on uh, lightreading.com. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye, everyone.